Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker joining me as we are diving into, can you believe it, the 2024, well, 2023-24 mid-season awards. Uh, this is our sixth award show mid-season. Welcome in. Hi, Justin. Uh, hey, Mark. <laughs> um, you know what? Just before we get into any hockey... How how's it how is it being a dad? You're like you're a good solid uh like one point five months in now, right? Six weeks? Are we almost yeah. at the six week point? Yeah, this Sunday will or actually no, today. Today is the six week point. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> six week. Uh how how are things going? It's been great, man. I um You sound chipper. Starting... You sound chipper than most uh most people with a six week old child. Yeah, thank you. He's actually been uh sleeping a little bit more than normal. We've been going uh, usually like three and a half, four hours between feedings, which has been great. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, crack helps. Well, yeah, that's I, that's how I feel too. I mean, that's uh, it's a great <laughs> it's a great way to kind of circumvent all those things that happen. Now, uh, well, <laughs> maybe we can we can talk about putting you onto the uh, you know the overtime hockey talk rehab uh, later. I don't I don't know if the money will be in the budget. But we can scrape. We can scrape. We'll find it. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Like like we said, we're going to do the midseason awards, and you know, we we uh, I do want. I want. I actually, I just want to tell you this one one thing. I never thought to do this when I open my. I you know I use Google Drive to or Google Docs to to write out all my show notes, and when I went in to write everything. A little prompt popped up that was like hey do you like do you want some writing suggestions and i was like actually could you put in bullet points all the major awards in the nhl for me and right there i was like yes this is wow. great <laughs> i loved it uh it was very quick and easy and um so yeah you can do that on uh on google docs so next time you know next time you you know there's some kind of kind of list or you know it, it was a nice option to have i mean i didn't ask for suggestions for for players actually i did try once i said for what wow what position was it for it was for oh for the lester b Pier, uh not lester b pearson sorry uh oh gosh william m jennings where uh, it's it really comes down to like who let in the least amount of goals uh i i was like well i'm just gonna i'm gonna ask ai who would win the trophy right now if it were awarded today? So I did, and it was like it spit out something that was completely wrong. It was like the Toronto Maple Leafs currently lead the league defensively, allowing only 112 goals. And I was like, all right, well, first off, <laughs> the the lead league leader in goals against is Winnipeg with 94. The Leafs have allowed like 120 something goals, so it was just completely off. <laughs> it had oh, it was it was bad. So because I thought I thought oh you know I wonder if you could ask AI some really you know the like kind of statistician questions where mid game they're like this is the first time in NHL history that two players have taken six shots from this location in three minutes. You know like those super obscure stats. And I was, I thought, well, maybe I'll ask it a, a stats question, and you know, maybe it can get deeper into stats. Well, it couldn't even answer that incredibly simple question. So I'm, I'm out on AI for sports stats. Oh, bummer. <laughs> oh, bummer. Okay, well, let's uh, <laughs> let's start our our trophies here. Um, I know it's halfway point. There are a few that are just kind of like predetermined in a way. Uh, like the Maurice Rocket Richard Art Ross Trophy, although I tr- I I tried to throw a little bit of something in there, uh, but what are you looking at in the first half uh, that makes you award this this trophy? Like, are you trying to project a little bit? Like, this is the guy that's going to win this trophy in the end, or is this just purely here's your first half congratulations and you might have a garbage second half but you still get the the first half award yeah um just basically for for all these awards obviously minus the you know the rocket richard and the you know those type of awards where they're just you know determined based on statistical points right um yeah i i basically just took the first half first 40 41 games and said you know what these are the the people who 
who, you know, based upon their play during that time, that's who I would pick for the award if the season ended today. However, you're right. If if they, you know, they could have a garbage. There's a couple of guys on here, actually, where I wouldn't be surprised if they had garbage second halves and, and wouldn't even, you know, mention their name. Uh, you know, for the awards come end of the year. Okay. All right. Well, Leah, and if if uh, if that's the case, I mean that we can get into that while while we talk through this. But uh, let's start off with the. We'll start off with a couple easy ones. The ones that are relatively predetermined. Uh, Art Ross Trophy, Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy. We'll just talk those and uh, and maybe who we think will ultimately win it as well, and and then we'll get on to other awards. Uh, Let's let's just start with the Art Ross Trophy, because you've got Kucherov, McKinnon. They're both tied with sixty-seven points. Uh, do you do you tip your hand one way or another between the two? Yeah, I, I think honestly, just by the way I, I've seen these teams play and and watching them, to me, I, you know, Colorado is the more dangerous team right now, and I, I think they're probably gonna have more success as the season continues you know tampa bay is kind of they've had some struggles five on five and i think a lot of uh you know kucherov a lot of his success is going to come on the power play and and we may see you know i, I mean i hate to say it but we may see some some players move on this team like a steven stamkos right um oh so boy. that very well could affect oh you know boy, where I he finishes know. end of the year yeah now yeah you know there's there's other guys on this list i mean granted there's a 10 point gap between second and third but um, you know, Connor McDavid could easily, right. you know, climb back into this race with without blinking an eye. I mean, this guy is more than capable. The way they've they've gone since you know making that coaching change. But, you know, it was funny. Uh, we actually said we said that I think on our last show, uh, we yeah. said you know he could very well win this award. And uh, I said, yeah, I mean, all it takes is for him to have like three or four or five point nights in in like a relatively short span, and that night he had five points. So it's, <laughs> right. it is it is not out of the realm of possibility that he still wins this award like those two kucherov and mckinnon they they should feel him breathing down their necks right now because 12 points is a very small gap for him yeah absolutely but for me i think just looking at the way it's gone so far um i want to put my money on big mac the mac attack nathan mckinnon here uh for me i just look at you know again i i don't think I don't have a lot of faith in, uh, you know, Edmonton having, you know, long-term success, the teams, they have to jump. And I think, you know, eventually uh, teams are going to buckle down. It's going to get a little tougher for McDavid and um, not to say that he's not going to have success. I mean, I think he's going to eclipse a hundred points, no problem this season. Uh, but, you know, for me, I think just what I've watched Nathan McKinnon do uh, the, you know, again, the lack of depth as far as like that second line center and, and you know, third and fourth line scoring that they, they're not getting. Uh, to me, just watching him go out every night. And I think right now he's got, gosh, what is it, a 30-game home streak, uh, point streak going right now. Um, wow. Which is third behind, I think, Bobby Orr and Wayne Gretzky all time. And I think Wayne Gretzky's was an 83-84 when he literally had a, a point in every single home game during the season when they only played 80 games. <laughs> right, right. And, yeah, I think that was the same year that he had, fifth, he had like, what, what what is it, 50-something games in a row with a point? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, you know, I went the other way with this. I actually think that Kucherov may be more likely to win because his team has been really lacking a lot of depth, really relying on the power play. Yeah, he's still playing okay five on five, but uh, he's scoring more goals. So Kucherov is doing a little bit more on his own, scoring those goals, and I don't know. I, I I think that maybe if you know if Tampa Bay just kind of starts to, I, well, I don't think they're going to fall off the map. I think they're going to be in a dogfight here through the last forty games. Like I, I think that they're going to be right around where they are this whole time. They're going to be within a point or two of the playoffs, and that is a much different place to be than where Colorado is, where you're like we're battling for first. I I mean not out of the realm of possibility that a guy like McKinnon could, you know, doesn't, he doesn't need to play balls to the walls every night and nor should he because they can win a Stanley cup. Tampa Bay is not winning a Stanley cup. Although Tampa Bay, really all they have to do is get in and Vasilevsky could do the rest, but Kucherov may have a better chance of winning this because I mean, first off, he's just been on fire lights out all year long. And he, I mean, it's not as if he hasn't done this before. You know, he did this in 1819. I know it's five years ago now, but 
he did it five years ago and and he's always been a capable point producer and i think given their lack of depth he's just being relied upon so much heavier and he's being put into tons of situations where he can score and i think that that might be to his advantage over McKinnon where McKinnon, there might be some sheltering if they're, if they kind of get into a position where it's like, we're, we're rolling here. We're, we're in first. Um, you might see McKinnon, maybe his number, his, his minutes lessen a little bit as, as they go down the stretch and Kucherov's might go up even higher. Yeah. Which is weird. You say that because I, I look at his time on ice, he's been averaging per game. He's almost two minutes more than he has been last year and you know prior to that he never had over 20 minutes a game ever in a season and so um yeah this is definitely i mean you know with this kind of pace and and time he's going to get on on the ice it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all yeah 21 minutes and 52 seconds a game uh that's (laughs) that's nice uh but you know what the other the other thing is he's He's shooting right around where he normally shoots. You know, he's a career 14.6% shooter. Uh, He had a little bit of a down year last year at 11.1%, but he's at 15.6%. He's had, like, the last three years prior to the to 22-23 he was shooting over 16 over 15.5 percent every year so he really is tracking where he normally does uh Mm -hmm. which bodes really well looking out to the rest of the year i mean i think this is probably going to be the first time that kucherov scores 50 goals which is crazy well what was it 18 19 he won uh he won the the art ross with 128 points he had 41 goals and I think, yeah, it was it was nineteen twenty? Was nineteen twenty when he got off to that? Like he had twenty goals in twenty games or something like that. Oh yeah, that was that year. He he only ended up with thirty three. I mean, granted, you know, fourteen games lost to to the COVID stuff, but uh, he wasn't going to hit fifty that year either. I I think it's likely he hits fifty this year. Wow! So his first ever fifty goal score or fifty goal season, which would be uh, pretty awesome. A, a nice a nice like not. Not that his career is over, but like a nice, uh, a nice cap in his career to to hit that fifty goal mark because he really is. Would you say Kucherov is like is maybe the most underrated Art Ross Trophy winner of his generation? Oh, I mean, there's an argument to be made for it because he's played on a team. He's played on teams that have been so stacked, right? Where he played on really good teams, really, yeah, yeah. And and a, and a lot of times when you have these Art Trophy winners. They're, they're really on teams that they don't have a lot of support, right? Or they don't have like three or four guys on the well, team that are putting McDavid, up McDavid, support. McDavid, 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 yeah, right. Dreisaitl, exactly. McDavid, Mc, right. McDavid, you've got, you've McDavid. Got two guys. <laughs> yeah, you've got two guys literally in Edmonton, right, that do all the all the heavy lifting. Whereas in like, you know, Tampa, you've got you've got Kucherov, you've got Braden Point, you've got Steven Stamkos, you've got Hedman, you've got a, a load of talent in there. So for him to come in and be able to do that, yeah. he kind of didn't get the attention, I think, really, that he deserved because of all the other star power on his team. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you look back, though, um, if, if I guess if you look back the last, what, uh, what year is... Oh, what year is his is his first year in the NHL? Like twenty thirteen or something for for Kucherov somewhere in there? Oh, 13, 14. 13, yeah. 14, yeah. So I mean, since thirteen fourteen, I mean, maybe the only other guy that you could point to as being an incredibly underrated player would be Martin Saint Louis, who won it in two thousand thirteen. Which actually, I don't think I think that's for the previous season. So no, since since coming into the league, I mean, this is. It's almost like that Gretzky effect too, you know, like Gretzky plays and no one else won an award because Gretzky won them all. But since coming into the league, I mean, only what uh, outside of Dreisaitl Kucherov, you've got Kane, Ben, and Crosby won, have won the Art Ross, which, I mean, Crosby and Ben didn't have a chance or they had a chance because McDavid wasn't even playing at that point and <laughs> Kane won in McDavid's rookie year where he got hurt. So, uh, McDavid wins his second year in the league, third year, and then takes a little break and then wins 21, 22, 23. So there really hasn't been much opportunity for other people to win this award, but um, it would be a nice feather in his cap to to win this one again, uh, be the only person to really, what, win it twice. Like the, the people who have won this award twice, I mean, it's McDavid, it's Crosby, and... 
I don't think there and Martin St. Louis, uh, Malkin and Malkin won it in uh, nine and 12. So really few guys have won this award twice in this, in this dec- uh, century, <laughs> really in this century. Yeah. Um, unless, I mean, you could say Yermir Yager cause he won it in 99, 2000, 2001. So in 98, gosh, Yager won it four years in a row. Oh boy. Um, okay. Sorry. We, we have gone. I, I should say I, because I've, I feel like I've, dragged us down into this uh this conversation but uh we will continue on well, let's go to the maurice rocket richard trophy right now austin matthews leading with 80 uh 81 uh, 31 goals if he had 81, 81. goals then uh we're, we're having a whole different conversation uh do you think anybody can can overtake matthews at this point yeah i mean i think he's he's definitely the favorite to win but i just kind of like sometimes rooting for a dark horse or an underdog kind of story. So for me, I I want to I want to give my vote to Sam Reinhardt right now, um, just because he's in a contract year. This is the perfect time for him to come out and, and win a, an award like this because you know even if he finishes towards the top of the league or even close with the goal scoring rate, he's not going to get any major accolades. So for him to be able to get one in a contract year where he can basically negotiate just a huge dollar figure because he's he's shown that he has such great chemistry right now with with Barkoff and after losing uh, Anthony Duclair, they shipped him off to San Jose for cap reasons. Um, This would be a nice way for him to, you know, solidify a good deal and for Florida to continue to say, Hey, you know what? We, we found something that works so that we don't have to rely on Kachuk all the time. So uh, for me, I just want to see Sam Reinhart win it. Although I do think in my heart of hearts, my brain is telling me that uh, Matthews is going to win this one. Yeah. You know what, you know what it is with Matthews is that Matthews can, it, it can seem like, well, I mean, he's only two goals up on Reinhardt, and uh, and then Matthews goes and gets another hat trick. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> so right. That's the thing. Like he he is not the goal scorer. Who Reinhardt is much more the guy who he's going to get a goal here and a goal here and a goal here, and 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 he's going to score them. You know, maybe have a two goal game here and there, but he's not necessarily a threat for three goals on a regular basis. Uh, and there are what, maybe three or four players in the league that are truly a threat to score three goals on, on like any given night on a regular basis. I think that probably I would put David Pasternak in that. Um, and then I would probably like, I'd put Connor McDavid in that. And those are probably the three players that I'd say like th- those guys could score a hat trick on any given night. But for the most part, uh, that's just not, you know, if you get a hat trick, it's like once a year. Whereas those guys, I think they have the potential to score several hat tricks. So I, I think Matthew's only being two goals up right now on Reinhardt. I I just, I don't know if I see Reinhardt continuing the same pace all throughout the rest of the year. Uh, maybe more likely that a, that a Kucherov who's just scoring an outrageous amount of goals in the power play, um, that that can help him. But yeah, I I don't know if I see Reinhardt already at 14 power play goals. 16 is his career high, so he's on he's on pace for about almost 30 power play goals. Um, which will teams start to start to really focus in on him on the power play? That that certainly could happen too. I'm I gotta go Matthews on this one though. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 31 goals and and is just. Uh, he's just been explosive. Uh, I think that some of it, it's sort of the Kucherov effect. What I talked about earlier about not having the same amount of depth. And so he maybe has more pressure or is being put into more situations to score goals because there isn't a whole lot happening with the rest of the team. I think that's been the case thus far for the Leafs that they've been needing to rely more heavily on him for goals. He only has 15 assists. He's trying to do, he's trying to do the Rick Nash. (laughs) <laughs> lead the league and have like four four assists. I only passed the puck nine times all year. All right. Uh, okay. Oh goodness. I'm gonna leave the next award up to you. Where do you want to go? Uh, I, I assume we'll leave the heart, like heart and Lindsay for for last. But yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's let's dive into the Vesna because that's okay. that's my award. Right? All right, all right. That's your yeah. award. <laughs> my grandfather <laughs> was George Vesna. Oh, wouldn't that be something? All right. Well, I mean, let's. Do you have? Uh, do you have one person that you're like, "Yep, this person won this award." Or are we are we looking at a few guys? Yeah, because I'm only looking at the first forty, you know, games of the season or whatever. Um, 
you know, I, I, I didn't pick multiples for any of these awards, although yeah. I will say there are some where you could easily, you know, make an argument for, for a few guys. But I think this one is almost clear cut as as it can get. And for me, it's Connor Hollibuck. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. I think the way, you know, um, Winnipeg's playing right now is, is great team defense, but it's also led because of the goaltending. I mean, a 923 save percentage and Winnipeg is gone. And I, I don't know exactly how many games of these Connor Hollibuck has been in net for, but they've gone 30 straight games, allowing three or less goals a game. And in a league where you're averaging over six goals total between both teams, a game, to be able to keep Ted to three and under, you're essentially almost guaranteeing a win every night if you can put in a couple a couple goals. I mean, that's just incredible. Um, and he's doing it with essentially the same defense and forward group minus, you know, Kyle Connor this year. Um, so that's just been phenomenal right now to, to see him turn it around. I, well, I don't want to say turn around because I never thought he actually, you know, dipped that that badly but um yeah he's just proving again why i think he's one of the you know the top three goaltenders in this league yeah i i'm right there with you uh connor hellbuck it was a very easy choice um uh, i I'll, i will say I'll, I'll give it to the jets as well because laurent brossois in the games that he's gotten into he's played really well too uh his save yes, percentage is, is very similar uh yeah they they've they've all played well and and that definitely speaks to the team defense. Uh, I think it speaks to uh, the system that they have that Rick Bonus has implemented. You know, it took them last year. Rick Bonus comes in, they make the playoffs, uh, not unexpectedly make the playoffs, but uh, I think that we were all starting to go, okay, well the Jets seem like they're on this trajectory down. Uh, they they squeaked into the playoffs. I think we were, you know, we could you could tell that something was going on in the locker room. And then you come to this year and you go, I mean, is Shifley going to leave? Is Hellebuck going to leave? Is like this team going to look super different next year? And here they go, leading the league in points right now, uh, the favorites for the President's Trophy or one of. And it, it, I mean, largely lies because of Connor Hellebuck and how consistent he, how consistent he is. And you can, I mean, you can put him out there on any night. You could, you can go back to back nights if you needed to. But fortunately, you don't have to. You've got Bursois. But uh, I think his confidence and how well he's been playing this season has opened up so much, so many options for the Jets. That I mean, it's it's just a no brainer to give him that Vesna Trophy because this is not this team is not supposed to be this good. I, I don't, I don't. Does it surprise you that the Jets are in a playoff spot? No, it doesn't surprise me. What surprises me is that they're number one in the NHL right, right now. Right, absolutely. <laughs> like, I think we thought, nah, they could, you know, if, if Hellebuck and Shifley were to stick around, this is still like a borderline playoff team. And Rick Bonus went, oh, no, you you thought that what I did in Dallas was just because of the players? No, I know how to do this. <laughs> Rick Bonus is uh, <laughs> proving that he can, he can take a team and – you know, he. I mean, I. I think he's somebody who's asking some pretty hard questions, and he. I mean, Blake Wheeler out, and a lot of the the previous leadership, like things mixed around. But then you look at what he's done with Shifley and and Hellebuck, who both maybe had one foot out the door, and he's managed to to really do something special here, keep them around, and now things are going really well, and things are going really well for a guy like Shifley as well. So, I mean. This this Vesna trophy, it's almost like it's a it's a trophy for Hellebuck, but it's it's also like you gotta give a little tip of the cap to the Jets and to their coaching staff because uh I don't know that we're here talking about Hellebuck even being a Jet if it weren't for uh, like something different happening in the organization that wasn't happening before. Yeah. I mean who yeah, like, who wants to live in Winnipeg anyways? <laughs> <laughs> like Good how, point. I it's you know, I'm I'm sure there's lots of people that say, oh, Winnipeg's nice. We well, sure, but like, given the choice between many other locations to live, if you don't have family there, you have no ties. Who is going? Let me just look at the map. Let me look at and weigh all my options. Yes, Winnipeg is the place I want to go. I, I mean, it's just probably not going to be too high on a lot of people's list. Uh, it's not not that Winnipeg. I'm sure that it has some it has r- nice things about it, but 
there's a lot of really nice places that you could live <laughs> with NHL teams. And Hellebuck had the option to go to them, so did Chifley, and they chose Winnipeg. So uh, definitely, to me, says something about what's going on there. And and they're obviously being rewarded for it. Um, should we should we do the William M. Jennings? Since, you know, it's sort of a, the same. <laughs> I think yeah, Will, go for it. William M. Jennings is also the Jets. Uh, and Connor Hellebuck because they have the fewest goals allowed so far at 94. Uh, who saw the Jets with the best defense in the NHL too, on top of tops in the league? It's almost like the Islanders a little bit. Remember when the Islanders went from kind of being this garbage defensive team and Barry Trotz came in and it was like, what did you just do to this team? Yeah, I well, I mean, the Islanders right now, man, they're 21st as far as uh, goals against per game right now, so they're not they're not playing so hot as far as team defense is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess the Jets were where are they? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the league last year in goals against. So uh, a, a slow build, but they're you know they're now they're really there. They're they're playing some great team defense. Um, all right, your pick next trophy. Where you want to go? Yeah, I mean, let's just make it easy so we can get this one out of the way quick. But uh, the Jack Adams, I've got Rick Bonus. We've kind of talked about him already. Well, all right. But, uh, yeah. Kind of goes along with everything we just said. Yeah, I mean, you could, I could easily make an argument. I wanted to pick uh, Torts for this one, but I just thought, again, when I when I look back at three goals or less, less for 30 straight games, uh, a team that we thought might might make the playoffs, and they've managed to to keep everybody around and and really turn this team into something completely, I don't want to say completely different, but uh, revamp things a little bit on the fly with the same personnel to me has just been fantastic. And they're doing all this, again, winning top of the league without Kyle Connor too. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is the only award that I really had multiple people for because, uh, yes, yes, Rick Bonus is one of the guys on this list, and so is John Tortorella. Obviously, both both have done – the unexpected with their team, right? Like the Jets were a middling team and their first place in the league here at the halfway point. That's pretty impressive. Uh, the Flyers were supposed to finish last in the Metropolitan Division, and here they are third in the Metro. And really, like they they aren't going away. It's it seemed like there for a second that they might start to slip, and and then they kind of found themselves again and started winning. They, they've been kind of on a, a little bit of a, a dip right now, but I mean, they're, they're playing fine. Like they're, they're moving along right now. And you know, what, what are the, who are the teams that could catch them? Right? Like you look at the Islanders, they're two points back. The devils are four points back and they've got a bunch of injuries. The, the capitals are four points back. I know they've got three games at hand, but the flyers are still in a decent spot here. But that's probably the one where you go, all right, let's say Rick Bonin, let's say the Jets don't finish first in the NHL and they and they they make the playoffs, they still have a really nice regular season, maybe they win the Central or like come second. I think he's still in strong consideration for that award. John Tortorella, if the Flyers miss the playoffs, we're not he's not considered for this award. So it, it that is where I guess I I, I kind of lean towards bonus. I also have Rick Tockett because Vancouver's been unexpectedly fantastic. And, oh, for sure. Uh, and then a, a, a white horse here, you know, the, or the dark horse, not the white horse, the dark horse is Chris Knobloch. Ooh. I mean, he came in, the Oilers were last place in the NHL. Right now they're in the second wild card spot. They're four points back at the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, they've won eight in a row right now. And the the Edmonton Oilers look like they look like the Edmonton Oilers. I think we're all in the spot where we go, well, they're definitely making the playoffs now. Like, I don't know how you look at what the Oilers have done and, and go, no, they're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, I, I think they're barring some major injuries. They're going to be in the playoffs. And I mean, what he's done, the turnaround that in the, and the amount of points they had to make up that they've already made up is pretty impressive. So uh, I I'd say he's he's probably not going to win it because he hasn't been their coach all year, but still he he should be mentioned. It's a nice tip of the cap. I'll give you that. <laughs> nice tip of the cap. Uh, should we go uh, rookie of the year Calder Trophy? Yeah, let's. 
who do you have? I'm going to be surprised if you have anybody but one man. Yeah, I think this was an easy one for the first half of the season, although now it might be a little bit uh, interesting going going the rest of the way, right? But he is out six to eight weeks, in case you haven't heard. But uh, for me, it's yeah. Connor Bedard. Yeah, yeah. Has to be for the first half, for sure. Yep. Here, Maybe here's a better question, because I think that's almost a foregone conclusion. Like, if he hadn't gotten hurt... Uh, by the end of the year, you know, he's, what, at 33 points in 39 games. End of the year, you're looking at probably 60 or 70 points. Um, he's only getting better. He's only getting more comfortable. We'll see what this injury does to him. Out six to eight weeks and then also rehabbing an injury in the middle of a season. It could be hard, especially for a, an 18, 19-year-old kid. Although at the same time, when you're 18 and 19 years old and you get injured, your body just heals insanely fast and you're right back to it. If somebody were to overtake Connor Bedard, let's just say worst case scenario, it takes him eight weeks. He misses like 20, 25 games and, you know, someone else plays 82 and they have a really good season. And it's kind of that like Connor McDavid in his rookie season where you're like, man, Connor McDavid was the best rookie when he was playing, but someone else had a better rookie year because he didn't get hurt. Who is the guy that you would be willing to give the Calder Trophy to over Connor Bedard? Okay, so I've got two different guys I've, I've looked at and, and thought about this one a little bit. Uh, you knew me, it was coming. Is, I didn't even tell you. I knew it was coming. Perfect. Exactly. Uh, one is Luke Hughes. Um, just because of the offensive production, I think you're going to get out of this guy. Uh, he's a second-line defender on uh, you know for the New Jersey Devils, and you know, he's, he's averaging about 20 minutes a game, which is, yeah. is pretty good for a rookie, right, to get 20 minutes a game. But, um, you know, right now he leads essentially all rookies in power play points. Um, this he I don't see him slowing down at any point. And if Jack Hughes can find a way to stay healthy for the rest of the year, uh, it's only going to help his totals go up. Um, but the other player that I have on here uh, who could be kind of a little bit of a dark horse is, is Connor Zari out of Calgary. Um, 31 games right now, uh, 21 points. He kind of came in, you know, 10 games into the season. Calgary was struggling, so they needed a little bit of a boost. They're bringing this kid from the AHL, um, and he has just kind of lit it up, found chemistry with Nazem Kadri. And so, you know, if if they can continue that, and I think they're, they're trending upwards a little bit. Now, I don't think Calgary's going to make the playoffs, and this might be um, you know, a moot point. You don't really need to make the playoffs to win. The yeah, Calder, I don't think. But, you, no, no, you don't. No. Yeah, but I, I think his production that he's he's given them being you know kind of thrust into a situation where it's like okay, we're trying to make the playoffs, so we need you to go out and produce. Whereas Connor Bedard is in a situation where it's like, hey, you know what? We're not making the playoffs, so just go out there and have fun and and just rack up points, right? Do whatever you want to do. So Connor Sorry kind of has to play well on both sides of the puck, which he's done very very well and accumulating these points basically um at, at a you know a much better pace than than luke hughes has and he's only yeah, really playing not playing minutes. on the power play at all either no, no whereas not luke at hughes yep. is getting a good amount of power play time yeah he is their top power play yep. guy so yeah yep. yeah you know i i would i sure yes if he if he ends up being the second scorer or something which i don't know i don't i guess that's between you know it's yeah yeah he could very easily end up in that second score spot right now, Marco Rossi, 40 games is 24 points, um, which certainly you like to see, like he's having a really nice rookie season. Uh, and, and I'm sure that wild fans are like breathing a sigh of relief that he's actually decent. <laughs> he's good enough now <laughs> to play in the NHL because I think we've been hearing Marco Rossi's name for the last few years. And, uh, it's been a little bit disappointing that he hasn't been able to make the show. He finally does. And he's, he's playing really well. Um, uh, and, is Adam Fantilli like? Are we going? Well, I mean, you're on such a shit team that like almost what you do is I know Bedard's on a really bad team, but it's just Bedard. I I don't know. Like Fantilli, certainly 24 points in 42 games. You know, he could kind of find himself here, and and maybe you know, maybe just maybe Johnny Goudreau uh, plays better in the second half than he did in the first, which it, it appears to be the case. He has been playing better as of late. Does Fantilli stand any chance of kind of climbing that ladder for you? Or does it need to be a defenseman that wins this over Bedard? Like, to me, that's kind of the only way it's going to happen is if it's a defenseman. Well, I think it really all depends on, you know, what kind of kind of Bedard we get when he comes back, right? I mean, suffering an injury like this, right, where Brendan Smith just ran him over, 
um, you know, he might be a little hesitant. So, you know, to, to just kind of, you know, bowl his way in to uh, between defenders and try to make a sweet play. So we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, Adam Fantilli, I, I'm not going to count out at all. I still think he's he's an all-world talent. He's going to be a star in this league. Um, and he's got enough talent up front on the, that top line with Johnny Gaudreau. And, and who knows, maybe Patrick Liney comes back and, you know, they kind of mesh well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he very well could, you know, just turn it on out of nowhere. I mean, he's got the talent around him to do so. Um, now, you know, of course, he's in Columbus, so he's not going to get the W's that, uh, you know, a guy like Luke Hughes might. But, again, I, I think with with guys like Connor kind of Bedard and Fantilli here, it doesn't really matter anymore. They just want to see guys go out there, produce, and, and be yeah. flashy, really. All right, I've got one more name in this uh, the Calder Trophy conversation. We have not talked about any goaltenders and well, I, I like Peter Kachekov, I think at the end of last year, we thought, well, there, there'd be a chance if he becomes Carolina's starter and Carolina has a great year, he could definitely be in this conversation. He's had a very average to under average season this year. I think it's more to do with the Carolina Hurricanes than anything. Um, I don't know that I see his name on this list. Uh, Samuel Urson having like a, an okay like wins wise, say 10 and 10, five and three is great. Um, I wonder if by the end of the year, if that that's changed because Philadelphia maybe drops a little in the standings and then you go, well, we got to trade some guys and then maybe they, then they, then they do their tanking there towards the end of the year and drop through the standings. But one guy who is uh, just starting to get healthy again, who's playing for a pretty damn good team that has gotten very bad goaltending. But when Joseph wall is in net for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a 916 save percentage, you know, if, if say down the stretch, he plays another, you know, how many games as a, as a goaltender do you need to play in to be considered for the, the Calder, like 30, 35, something like that. Cause I, I mean, mean Ben Bishop won the Vesna playing less than 40 games. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think for a guy like Joseph wall, one, he's going to have to be, uh, clearly defined as the number one on that team, right? If you're if you're a one A one B situation where you're only playing 35 games, there's just not enough there for me to say, okay, yeah, he, he yeah, but, th- but 35 five, games but. is still like a lot of goaltenders only play 35 games. I mean, you're still he also was injured, so you could say you know he became the starter through the year and then. Like it's it's his, uh, a meteoric rise, right? Like he wasn't the, he was playing in the minors, and then he gets called up, and then he starts, and he gets hurt, and if he comes back and he does really well coming back, plays another twenty games, and you know you're sitting here and he's like he's won twenty two games as a rookie. I feel like maybe he's in the in in because he wouldn't win it, but could he be in that top three? Maybe. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to be towards the top, if not at the top, for a lot of statistical categories as a goaltender. Uh, to but really from a get... rookie perspective, he is. Sure, he's got the best think... save percentage. He's got, you know, uh, goals against doesn't really matter a whole lot, but the save percentage pretty high. And then you got the wins. Eight wins out of 15 games, not bad. Yeah, no, not bad at all. But I think, again, for me, you just have to be – towards the top or at the top of a lot of statistical categories, uh, even out of the veteran goaltenders, just to, I think, to garner a lot of consideration, or at least, um, like I said, again, be that clear cut, you know, number one, like, you know, before we had, you know, Jimmy Howard, who to me, you know, again, I, I think he probably should have got the, the Calder over Tyler Myers at the time, but Jimmy Howard was obviously the number one in Detroit. At the time, and okay. so again, yeah. that's that's what I want out of. Out but it, but it know, was well. also a time where number ones were clearly defined, and I would yes, say that absolutely. for the most part, a lot of teams' number ones are not clearly defined that way. At least the Leafs aren't. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> the Leafs are crossing their fingers that Wall can come back and be the number one. I think, um, or that Samsonov gets out of his head. Uh, okay, let's move on from the Rookie of the Year award and go to. Oh, why don't we do the Norris top defenseman? I I'm there's, there's probably a few options, but who'd you end up going with? Yeah, you're, you're more than right. There are quite a few options there at the top. I think, um, 
you know, there's there's a couple familiar names, but a couple dark horses up there now towards the top as far as production is concerned. But for me, I just like um, I've seen so much as far as improvement on the defensive side of the game that it was hard for me uh, with him being at the top of the league as far as point per point production among defensemen it was too hard to leave him off and yep. for me it's Quinn Hughes just yep. because again he's playing so he's playing far better on both sides of the puck than a guy like Kale McCarr who you know a lot of people are going to look at and say oh well his points per game is better but to me he just Quinn Hughes is playing a better defensive game and maybe that is because Philip Peronic but you know what hey that's you know he's Kale McCarr's got Devin Taves yeah. so yeah exactly there you go. Yeah. Every every good defenseman has another defenseman playing nearby. <laughs> every good defenseman. Yep. Or they have fantastic forwards, you know, they're on a really good power play. I think to me the difference is uh, I, I'm going to weigh five-on-five five play much heavier, especially for the Norris. Like, okay, great, you're a defenseman who scores a lot on the power play. And we know I mean, both both these guys contribute on the power play, and we know that McCarr, he's just a power play monster. Uh, Quinn Hughes is leading all defensemen not only in points, uh, leads the league in plus minus, but he is blowing away all defensemen in five on five points. He got thirty four five on five points. The next highest is Philip Ronick, his his line mate, and and then it's Chris Letang at twenty four points. Uh, I, I think that that's, that tells the whole story. I mean this this guy isn't just putting up points when his team's up a man. He is fantastic when it's five on five. And that is, that is also indicative of future playoff success to me. You need, yep, you need that defenseman. And, uh, and that's, that's huge. So, yeah. All right. Well, not, not much of a, not much of an argument here. Quinn Hughes wins that Vesna or the Norris. And I suspect barring any injuries that he just keeps on racking up those totals and cementing his, his place in that. Um, where shall we go next? Should we maybe maybe let's go to some of the because we we've got you know I guess we've got uh, we've got the Hart Trophy, we've got like Ted Lindsay and Lester Pearson, which are basically the same thing, uh, player MVP and then most outstanding player. You know, there's those, but uh, let's oh they're, yeah they're the same thing. What did I, why did I do that? Oh, that's AI. <laughs> it was the Lester AI, AI was tricking me. Yeah, hey, I tricked me. <laughs> See, there you go. I didn't. I actually was like, oh yeah, Lester B. Pearson. That's the one voted on by the players. Oh yeah, so is the Ted and Lindsay Award. Um, an AI. I'm never trusting you again. Uh, <laughs> why don't we do some of these? Uh, some of our other trophies that we've made up. The uh, the Justin Baker most disappointing award. Yeah, most disappointing uh, for me right now. It's it's Trevor Zegris. Uh, okay, yeah, that's good. That's a good call. Yeah, and it, what's disappointing now is we're actually, you know, ever since the Drysdale uh, Cochier trade, or you know, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're hearing his name pop up and and trade speculation, and I've always been a big believer where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, so there there probably is a little bit of truth behind this because you know a lot of teams will look at a guy like Zegers and say, cool, you know, this is was a guy who the last two two seasons was doing sixty plus points on average. And at $5.5 million AAV, this would be a bomb to get a, a, a top-line left winger at that kind of a price. Now, um, when you look at, you know, unfortunately, Trevor Zegers' production for this year, uh, it's been way down and um, not in a good way. So, you know, again, he's, gosh, right now, 20, 20 games, can't stay healthy. But in those 20 games, he's only managed to put up seven points. And yeah. um, that's just not good enough for a top-line winger and a, and a guy who's supposed to be a franchise cornerstone. So, uh, given his production the last couple seasons and where I expected him to go this season, um, you know, to me, he's been the most disappointing player I think so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a it's a great pick. Uh, I think I don't think Anaheim's probably ready to give up on Trevor Zegers, especially since he he did just sign a a new deal and whatnot. So I I don't think that they would just ship him off. Uh, no, because, and I wouldn't because either. <laughs> he's having a bad season. You, yeah, you gotta. It's it's difficult because Anaheim isn't they're not good, so I mean that that can also take its toll. And you know sometimes there are there are players that just really struggle in that environment where like you're playing you've been playing for several years and and you've never been competitive. I mean that that's got to weigh on you too as somebody who like desperately wants to win and you're not in that position and you know that you're not going to be at least this year uh, some help coming next year, but. But still, there's no guarantee next year either. So, I I think 
that coupled with injuries, uh, it's it's been a rough season for him. But I'm sure that they're they're willing to to give him another opportunity next year to come back and and prove that he's not a 15 point player, <laughs> which is the hope. Yeah. Um, I went a couple different directions. This is, actually, I have two for this one. Uh, I have a forward and a defenseman. Even though he is, uh, you know, he's still putting up some points. I think Eric Carlson is probably the most disappointing player in the league because he was supposed to make the biggest impact on of any player that moved to teams last year. And after, uh, you know, breaking records and 100-point season, this and that, he goes to Pittsburgh. And I know, I don't think anyone expected him to get 100 points, but I think they expected that this he would be able to contribute and become a part of this group. And it's almost like, it's Eric Carlson, and then there's the Penguins over there, and they're still really struggling to kind of find their find their rhythm. Maybe it's some of the the Penguins just aren't as good as they hoped they would be, um, as Kyle Dubas hoped that they would be, and uh, I, it's, it's just been very disappointing after the the trade and all the hype coming out that. Pittsburgh is as bad as they are, and I think that you can look at that trade as going. I mean, this one, this trade didn't help them; it actually hurt them. Uh, and the other one I have is Jonathan Huberdeau. Nah. You know, we, we talked a lot about. All right, we're willing to give him a pass. The Daryl Sutter era is over. Uh, you didn't get along with him. That's fair. We get it. Now go out and be the Huberdeau that we expect. He still only has like twenty-one points in the beginning of the season, first half of the season, and. Uh, for a ten and a half million dollar guy to be putting up forty points is a freaking joke, and I, Ugh, you know, I, that's I, brutal. Well, Zegris, yeah, it's really disappointing that he's having a bad season. At least he's been hurt, and he's on a garbage team, and and he's young. Like, you know, this is only his third year in the league. You know, there's there's some things that can happen, and and I think he'll, I'm sure he'll figure it out. This is much more concerning. Jonathan Huberdeau has been the model of consistency. Like he's always been a really good seventy-point guy. Yeah, he had his crazy year in his contract year. That's fine, but uh, this is really concerning that he's playing so poorly in Calgary. Just can't seem to find his place there, and has this monster contract, this albatross that you know Zegers to sign for another two years after this year. If he pans out to kind of be garbage, I mean, you're still disappointed, but like you can dump him. Huberto's going nowhere. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta live with this motherfucker for a while. <laughs> so I, I think it's a, it's it's very concerning and it's very disappointing because if he could just be at that typical Huberto production of seventy points. I think Calgary would be in a really good place. It would probably mean that they're sitting m- at least much closer to a playoff spot if he was playing that way. But instead, you know, your ten and a half million dollar guy is basically a third line player now. Uh, a lot of teams have have surpassed the Calgary Flames. They find themselves third to last in the Pacific, and it's just been uh, been a rough go. And I think you don't have to look further than Huberto as to why they're struggling. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, his season could end up getting much, much, much worse uh, very quickly because we're less than two months away from the deadline, and his centerman, Elias Lindholm, could mm-hmm. potentially get shipped out. And so if he's stuck playing with a guy like, you know, Backlund, no offense to Backlund, but... Um, a guy know, he, like him. I mean, <laughs> who knows going to Character, Josh. I mean, he's not going to have a line mate no, to dish right. the puck to or you're to right. dish to him. So, um, yeah, that could could go south for him really quick yep yep um who would you rather have jonathan huberdo or johnny goudreau oh i'd probably rather have goudreau i think so because he's still younger and and, uh, and at least at least he's on a he's on a team that's like kind of supposed to be bad so you can he he's and he's been he's been playing better uh, yeah. but anyways uh let's go most improved who is your most improved player in the national hockey league this year yeah, I kind of went out on a limb and try not to go for like a superstar or anybody like that. But I've got Blake Coleman sticking in Calgary. Speaking of, huh. okay, uh, talk to me about it. Why? Yeah. So last year, I mean, he's been he's been a perennial thirty point guy, right? This has been who he is. He's he's usually on a third line somewhere, giving you depth scoring, maybe chipping in fifteen goals. But 
Um, this guy this season is he's quietly leading Calgary in scoring, uh, doing it on a on a bad team at a plus nineteen rate. So clearly he's he's also playing responsible and he's doing it giving you shorthanded points, power play points. Um, you know he's giving you a little bit of everything. Um, you know, granted, I mean not a lot of power play points, only one, but still four shorthanded goals so far this season and thirty two points in forty one games. He's going to quickly surpass all his career highs now. The only thing that I, I could see with this guy maybe coming back down a little bit is right now his shooting percentage is at 17%, where he's traditionally yeah. a you know a 10% guy. But um, but yeah, even if it, it stays relatively you know 13, 15%, he'll easily you know hit that 50, 60 point mark and and almost double uh, you know his his typical output uh, every single season for a team that, you know, really could use some depth scoring. They're getting it from a guy like this. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's a good pick. And I mean, and Blake Coleman is no slouch, but he definitely is not known for somebody who is going to put up big points, Um, not relied upon for his offense in that, in that respect. Um, my most improved player is a guy whose career high goals of 29 happened in his rookie season and I think he really the last five years six years everybody's been hoping that he could be that player again Um, career high 56 points and thus far 25 goals and 44 points and he's a career best plus 19 It only has one season in his entire career where he was a positive in the plus minus and that's Brock Besser for the Vancouver Canucks Mm, love it there's no player to me that is having a greater impact on his team uh, where the previous year or years, he was more or less like a weight. You know, when you have a guy like Brock Besser who clearly can score, like there's some scoring ability there. I mean, he's got 25 goals in 41 games. Uh, there's, there's the ability, but it was almost like trying to pull teeth just to put him in the right situation. And so then you're, you're trying so hard to to make it work that it's hurting the rest of the team. And he's finally found that groove. And I mean, this goes for so many players on the Vancouver Canucks. They finally found that groove. Um, and, and maybe it's Philip Ronick. It's the Ronick effect. And I mean, yes, 22.1% shooting. I mean, that's unsustainable. He's not going to like, I don't think he's going to end the year with 50 goals, but he's going to score 30 for the first time in his career. And he's going to probably have 70 points by the end of the year, maybe 80. And to me, that is a guy that who was supposed to be traded last year, supposed to be traded in the deadline was probably going to get traded sometime this year is now a very important piece on the Vancouver Canucks to them winning in the playoffs as well. Yeah, that's a great pick. I love it. Well, thanks. Um, Hard to argue with it. (laughs) Biggest surprise. Who's your biggest surprise? Yeah. To be quite honest, I actually picked a team. I didn't, uh, didn't pick a player for this one. That's fine. That's fine. I picked a player, so okay. we'll go player player team. Who's your most surprising team? Uh, the Ottawa Senators. Oh. Not to go negative with it, but... Uh, but yeah. I'm going to go negative with it. But I'm going <laughs> to. So, Gotta. I mean, again, the expectations, we've talked about it on multiple shows here, just coming into this year. Um, and right now you look at you know them in the Eastern Conference, and they're dead last. Um, and not only are they dead last, but they're dead last by a lot. Um, right now they're seven points behind Columbus. Granted, they've got six games at hand, but I mean, they're, they're, you know, winning percentage is, is lower than anybody else. So uh, there's a good reason for that. And they just, they can't score goals. They can't keep the puck out of their net. And there's just nothing to like about this team when you expected this team to push for a playoff spot coming in. And I mean, right now too, they bring in Jacques Martin behind the bench and um, you know, they're supposed to be better defensively, but man, their, their last game was atrocious and, <laughs> You know, I don't even want to get into that, but uh, yeah, it just it just hasn't really worked out very well for this team. Yeah, something's gonna something's got to pop there, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's a that's that's a good pick. Ottawa being yes, Ottawa's be, like they're very disappointing as well, but it has been a surprise that they've they've been so bad. Um, I went positive because I'm a positive guy, uh, <laughs> like you, negative, Justin. Uh, <laughs> My biggest surprise, somebody who who is kind of—I mean, they've they've danced around the idea of being a solid NHL player, uh, a very good NHL player, but never quite was able to put it all together because of injuries and and whatnot. But 
I'm going to say Valerie Nichushkin, who has okay. been fantastic for Colorado. He's provided that top six scoring depth beyond Rantanen and McKinnon. They needed somebody to step up to essentially take the place of Landeskog and in terms of point production, and he's scored goals. I mean, he's got 22 goals in 40 games. His career high is 25 goals. His career high is 52 points, and he is set to shatter all of those. Uh, he's playing more minutes than he ever has in his career. And, you know, last year he, he did have a good season. You know, 47 points in 53 games. He had 17 goals. Season cut short because of injuries. Uh, and so you were seeing the potential for this. But he's really putting it together this year. And without him, I think Colorado is in a world of trouble. And like he's shooting the puck more. I know like his shooting percentage is way up, you know, seventeen point two percent career, almost basically eleven percent shooter. But he's shooting the puck a ton. Uh, his career high was 180 shots, and he's at 128. So uh, it should shatter pretty much every record that he has. Uh, and that's that's a good sign for the Avalanche. But to me, the biggest surprise is, is him just being beyond just a guy who's putting up some points because he has good players around him. Uh, he has been a, a fantastic revelation for them. They they needed someone uh, in the wake of of other players that they've lost and uh, and other injuries. They they needed especially Landis Cog. They needed him to step up, and and he has. I like to pick. All right. Um, Okay, before we get to our MVP things, it is time for our annual least likely to score award. And uh, this is a this is this is not an award you want to get. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> at this point, you know there I, there's there's quite a few guys who haven't scored, but in terms of players who have played more than like twenty five games, I think there's only four or five total forwards. I just take defensemen out of this because it's not really fair. Like, there's always going to be defensemen who don't score goals. You know, they don't they don't get the opportunity to do it. But when you're a forward, you're on the ice for any length of time. Over the course of sixty plus games, you should be able to score one goal. Uh, who do you have as the least likely to score a goal through the rest of the season? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's so much that I think he's not going to score a goal, but that I'm hoping he doesn't score a goal. <laughs> um, I picked Connor Brown. Okay, then, I did too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I, this is a two-time 20-goal scorer, a guy who uh, came in t- that was expected to provide some good second or third line yeah. depth scoring for this team, and it just it really hasn't panned out. But And he's buddies um, with McDavid, you know, it's supposed to be this like cool connection. Yeah. But, I mean, granted, he's only signed for this year, so um, at least Edmonton isn't on the hook for a long contract or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I just think, you know, I think he's capable of scoring a goal, and I think he probably will at some point, uh, considering he's on a second line right now. But, oh, man, it's it's just been rough 30 games. It would be the funny one to happen. Like, not funny for him, but just, like, in general, one of those weird statistics, like, hey, he never scored a goal. That would be really weird. Um now he's probably in in a in a the nicest way possible the the person that I want to not score a goal because it would be funny, uh, but I truly think the least likely person to score is Nicholas Delorier. He's played thirty nine games. He's got three assists, and it certainly does not look like he's going to score a goal for the Philadelphia Flyers anytime soon. Mm. So uh, yeah, he's he's my pick. I mean, he's let's be honest. There's He's kind of there to be. He's a, he's a defensive guy. He's only playing eight fifty a game, so fifty. I mean, fifty four percent of his face offs in the offensive zone. So you know, relatively half, uh, but really not playing very much at all. And what he scored twelve goals in two hundred and eleven games. In uh, for oh that was for Buffalo. Let's see. Uh, sorry, total fifty goals in six hundred and twenty-five games. The last time he scored more than ten goals in a season, it happened once for the Montreal Canadiens in seventeen eighteen. Oh, he scored six goals last year in eighty games. So yikes! Yeah, so he's my he's my pick. We'll see. We're we're going toe to toe. Whoever scores a goal first loses. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay let's let's do our mvps uh, i mean ted Lindsay, hart memorial like does i pick two different people for them did you okay because because i can you know, because it, I can. Because I can. I yeah. picked. I picked. Yeah. Well, you, you pick. You tell me who you have. You have the same person then for both. Of them. Yeah, I've got the same guy for both. Of them. All right, let's hear it. Uh, I think it's Nathan McKinnon. All right. All right. Yeah, tell me he's why. He's never won either one of them, so I think he's due. Uh, you know, we. It's because he's garbage. <laughs> garbage. Like the third garbage. best player in the league. Garbage. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen. Connor McDavid's had plenty of these trophies, and I think, um, you know especially if Edmonton doesn't get in, which I'm still 50-50 on. No, uh, still getting the 50-50? Playoffs. I'm 50-50 on it still. Um, yeah, but regardless, uh, if you think Edmonton's getting in or not, uh, they're not going to probably do any better than a wild card spot. But um, still, I mean, listen, Connor McDavid's going to get plenty more trophies. Let's just give this to Nathan McKinnon because he's having a phenomenal season. And he's, I mean... He's he's it's like that it's like when a guy wins an Oscar right and you're like was that his best movie ever finally no <laughs> but he he's owed one so yeah, yeah. for me yeah this is the time to give Nathan McKinnon one because Connor McDavid isn't going to run away uh, have a fifty point lead on the you know everybody else in the league so until he does uh, until he does <laughs> okay funny enough I, I mean I picked two different people and neither one of them is Nathan McKinnon although oh, okay. although he certainly is a good good consideration. Uh, my Ted Lindsay Award, as voted by the players, is actually Nikita Kucherov, who will win this trophy if Tampa Bay makes the playoffs and and he leads the league in points. How can you not give it to him if that happens? Which which all this kind of is based on on the other uh, the other things that I that I said about Kucherov and the Art Ross and all that. They're on he's on a team that doesn't have the depth and he's doing a lot of it himself. And all well, like the franchise's most loved player is rumored to be like not re-signing. So uh, that's that's something that I'm sure is weighing as well. Uh, and as far as it being the first half, especially without Kucherov, Tampa Bay is nowhere close to the playoffs. And I I think that he you know without McKinnon, I think that the Avalanche are still really good. I think they're still a playoff team, even with without McKinnon. Without Kucherov, I think that Tampa Bay just dwindles away. And for that reason, for the first half, I think that Nikita Kucherov is my Ted Lindsay Award winner and I think has a, a solid chance to, to take it in the end. However, the Hart Trophy, because it's voted on by writers, I think this year things keep going the way that it's going. I have a Vesna Trophy winner doubling up with the Hart Memorial Trophy, and that's Connor Hellbuck. Oh, first first goalie to win the MVP in a long time. I think since Jose Teodoro, right? I wouldn't hate it though for I, Carey Price. I mean, mean uh, uh, oh right, Carey Price. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. Highest scorer for the Jets, Shifley with forty one points. He's thirtieth in the league. So, I mean, it, he's just so important to this team. And if they finish anywhere close to where they are right now, I feel like he's the most important player in the league because without him, they might not even be in the playoffs. And then that, that's what's so so unbelievable about the way he's playing. Oh, Got to give him the heart, at least for the first half of the season. There's no one more important than Connor Hellebuck. Boy, you know, and, and what I will say I can't believe is- I just gave a goalie the heart. I don't hate it, though. I, I love the pick just because, again, how well he's playing and how much this team, uh, I mean, just relies on him, right? Because, yeah. again, yeah. you're doing this without Kyle Connor, so your team's not scoring as many goals as maybe they should be or other teams in the league are. Um, so, yeah, you need you need strong goaltending even more. But um, So here's the other thing. You know, when you, you look at it, Lorraine Bressois is playing very, very well, but he's only playing one out of every four games. And so in a league where we rely so heavily on a 1A, 1B now – Connor Heilbuck's still going to play yeah. 55, 60 games. Yep. And I don't see these numbers really dipping that much. And then on top of that, I think we're going to have a very, very close uh, point race at the end of the season where I think Nathan McKinnon, Kucherov, even Connor McDavid, and maybe even, you know, Pasternak, if they can get themselves a decent center before, uh, you know, the deadline, those guys are going to be all in the mix, you know, within like five or six points of each other, I feel like. It's so. True. So it would be easy for, you know, writers to pull votes 
away from other guys, and then Connor Hallibut could easily sneak by with this one. There we go. That's what we need. <laughs> Hallibut for the heart, which would, which would just be the uh, uh, the culmination of like years of rooting for Hallibut on this podcast. Love it. Overtime Hellebuck talk is what uh. we could be our, it'll be our little tagline underneath. Um, all right. Well, there is your 2023, 24 mid season awards. Uh, let us know what you think of our awards or, or, you know, if you've got some different thoughts, hit us on Twitter, on Instagram at OT hockey talk, Justin, any final thoughts before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to let the listeners know just to, to get ready for some, some oh, YouTube action here soon. Yeah. Yeah. We're going video. Oh, if uh, if you want to see our ugly mugs, you can. Our next show, you get to see them. Can't should wait! Should I just wear a goalie mask for the first, you, first time? Just the whole you hundred percent should. Just be like uh, <laughs> be like Wilson in Home Improvement, where you only show oh, the top half. So of your face. good! <laughs> like have just like a a red post, you know, the crossbar is <laughs> across your face the whole time. Uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, all right. Well, we will. Uh, now we'll we will see you next week enjoy the hockey for the the weekend talk to you later